Welcome to Echoes of Holiness podcast. Chapter 1, verse 12. 
For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I want you to notice that cause, for I know whom I have believed. And I want to preach a very, very simple message tonight on a first-hand experience with Jesus. That's the title of my message, a first-hand experience with Jesus. We are living in a religious world. Everybody seems to have religion of some kind. Pop anybody on the street, ask them, are you a Christian? And they may be puffing a cigarette. They, if you'd probably if you'd have stopped some of those ladies that come out of those dives, they'd say, yes, we belong over here to a certain church. But in the light of such scriptures as Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter in, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And such scriptures as uh, Romans 14 and 5, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Titus 1.16, the Bible said, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. In the light of those scriptures, and scriptures such as recorded in Luke the 13th chapter, verses 23 through 27, where the Bible said that many would come in that day and say to the Lord, Have we not cast out devils in thy name? And in thy name did many mighty works. And he would say unto them, Depart from me, I know you not. In the light of those scriptures, I think it is very important that every one of us have a first-hand, no-soul experience. Paul did not say, I hope I know whom I have believed, or I think I know, but he said, I know whom I have believed. Have you heard this expression? Oh, we're believers. We're believers. We're believers. But Paul said, I know whom I have believed. You're a believer, but a believer in what? I say tonight, the most vital doctrine that can ever be preached from the pulpit, and especially in this day, is a first-hand experience knowing for surety that you are a born-again child of God. Now, I'm going to preach to you here, so just hold on. Amen. It seems that there is a lack of real preachers and teachers and witnesses to express to the world what it really means to have a first-hand experience. We will never convince the world that we've been in contact with Jesus until there is something about our lives that reflects the character of Jesus Christ. Before Webster ever wrote the definition of a Christian, there were men in the early church who acted so much like Jesus, who talked so much like Jesus, that when this group of people came into the city of Antioch, they were called Christians first at Antioch. That word simply means Christ-like. I'm wondering tonight, 
How many could raise your hand and truly say, Brother Rich, I know that I have a first-hand experience. I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know. Folks can tell you about it. Amen. They can explain to you. Amen. How things look and how uh, countries is and how people may look. But until you meet an individual for yourself. Oh, listen. I, you may ask me, do I know President Reagan? First thing I'd say, sure I know him. But go ask President Reagan if he knows Doc Rich. Amen. He don't know me. But in this relation with someone that's greater than President Reagan, I have come in contact with the Son of God. And therefore, I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ because I have that kind of experience. The Bible tells us in John, the 20th chapter, that Jesus, he was raised from the dead and he appeared to the disciples in an upper room, the doors being closed, he appeared there in that room with the disciples. But Thomas was not there. And so later on, these disciples met Thomas, and they said, we have seen the Christ. Now you can call him Doubting Thomas all you want to, but I like Thomas, and I like what he said. He'd been with these men. He knew they were truthful men. But here's what he said. He said, except I can feel those nail prints in his hands and thrust my hand into his bosom, I cannot believe with that sincere desire to know for surety that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Eight days later in that same room, the disciples were gathered and Thomas was there. And Jesus appears in that room and he singles out Thomas and he said, come here, Thomas, feel these nail prints in my hands, thrust your hand into my bosom and be not doubtless but believing. And when Thomas saw him for himself, he made that confession and said, my Lord and my God, I'll tell you tonight, we need to know for certainty that we are the children of God. I've seen a bumper sticker that said, Honk if you love Jesus. I've seen another one that said, Wave if you love Jesus. But Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Listen, we need to know for certain that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. But there are many tests. Listen, I'm going to hurry and get into this message tonight. I don't want to worry you too long. But in the 19th chapter of the book of Acts, there were some men that watched as he cast out devils in the name of Jesus. The Bible called him the seven sons of Siva. Amen. Siva was a high priest and his seven sons got to watching Paul. He whenever he come in contact with a person that had the devil in them, Paul would lay his hands on him and cast that devil out in the name of Jesus. And so those men, they got the formula. Now let's see what name he's using. And they got that name of Jesus. This would be funny if it wasn't so serious. They went out and found them a devil-possessed man. They sure did. And the Bible said when they got 
about this man. Amen. They laid their hands on him and said, We adjure thee by this Jesus whom Paul preached to come out. But that spirit answered and said, Jesus we know and Paul we know. But who are you? That spirit rose up against that man, wounded him, and he fled from that place naked and wounded. Here's what I'm telling you. If we have revival in this church, if the Spirit of God works in this church, if there's anything accomplished in this church, it'll not just because we know about the name of Jesus. We'll have to have a real experience to back the devil out of the door. You'll have to know him in whom ye have believed. I'm glad I know him like I know him. Oh, yes. When it comes to my experience in Christ, I appreciate my wife's experience. Amen, I appreciate your pastor's experience. But this is something I've got to know for myself. We just came out of a sort of a care, well, I guess it's a charismatic camp meeting. Bunch of worldliness. Women coming to church with shorts on and all this. And so you know where I was at. Right up there preaching holiness. That's where I was at. Amen. Of course, I'd preach from Sunday night through Wednesday night. They talked about shutting me down. But God opened up the door and I got to finish the camp meeting. But I'd get someone to come to the altar. And instead of letting them pray through and touch God for themselves, here they'd run in there and go to talking to them and counseling with them. And try, let me tell you something. When a sinner gets under conviction and godly sorrow worketh repentance, let them cry out to Jesus for themselves. Let them confess with their own mouth and believe in their own heart that God...
He closed the gap up close. He said, but whom do ye say that I am? One man had the answer. Peter rose up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. You're not telling me what Grandma said or what Grandpa said or Uncle John. Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I know the Catholic Church, amen, says that that was Peter was the rock they were talking about. No, Jesus was saying, Peter, upon that revelation you've had from my Father which is in heaven, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon that kind of an experience, I'll build my church. And on that kind of experience, it'll be so strong that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Have you got that kind of experience tonight? Are you just religious? It's not unusual now. See people smoking, some drinking. Oh, yes, we're Christians. Yes. I went and knocked on a door one time. A fella came to the door smoking a cigar. I said, I'm the pastor of the Holiness Church here in town. I'm inviting people to church. Are you a Christian, sir? Oh. Don't even ask such a question, young man. He said, I am the lay reader in the Presbyterian church puffing that cigar. He said, I read. I, when they need scriptures read, I'm the reader there in the church. I said, I didn't ask you if you was the reader in the church. What I want to know, have you been to Calvary? Is your name in in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me tell you, you cannot bypass Calvary and get to heaven. You cannot bypass that fountain that's filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Everybody's got to stop off there and get an experience for themselves. My grandma was a shouting holiness woman. My grandpa was a shouting holiness man. But that will not save me. I've got to have my own experience. But one night I fell prostrate at the altar of the Lord and there I acknowledged I was a sinner. I confessed my sins. I said, Lord, forgive me of ever sin I've committed. And there this mortal clay met his majesty from on high. And whenever I met him, my name was inscribed in the Lamb's Book of Life. He wrote my name down there in glittering letters of undefiled gold. And I am now personally acquainted with Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Several years ago, I was in Pasadena, California, preaching revival. And the pastor said, we have an old sister here in our church. Said she's sick now. Has cancer. Said the doctors say there's nothing else they can do for her. They put her in the convalescent home, the rest home up here, a couple blocks from the church. Said just waiting for her to die. 
I thought maybe you'd like to go visit her while you're here. Gave me her room number and her name. So I got all prepared to go visit her. I got my scriptures together that morning. Opened up the 91st Psalm. Put me a paper clip in it. Got ready to go so I could encourage that woman. When I walked into that room, I saw a little frail woman. Cancer had taken her strength. Just skin stretched across the bone. I looked at her and told her who I was. Her face lit up. She said, oh, you're the preacher that's preaching revival in our church. I said, yes, I am. She said, come over here. I want to tell you something. I got over closer to her bed. She said, you're in the greatest business in the world, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I kept trying to encourage her. She wouldn't let me. Brother, she was encouraging me, lifting me up higher and higher and higher. I never did get to read my scripture. Amen. She kept telling me over and over again how great it was to be a child of God. And after a while, she said, uh, young man, I want you to promise me something. I said, what's that? She said, will you do something for me? I said, I'll try if I can. What is it? She said, would you tell the people everywhere you go that the blood of Jesus really cleanses from sin? And he really saves you and washes you whiter than snow. So that little woman is done going on tonight. But for her, I'd like to tell you that the blood of Jesus really cleanses from sin. I finally started talking to her a little bit. I said, they tell me, according to your pastor, you have no uh, relatives living that you know of. She said, no. And I said, I guess you have the friends in the church, the only one you can lean on. And that's when she told me what, she, what I'm getting ready to tell you. I said, oh, Brother Rich, said, I've got a friend that comes here every day and visits me in this place. He never fails. He said, he comes here in the lonely hours of the night. He said, he's the only friend that I really need. And she said, soon and very soon, as she lift up a little hand that was so weak she could hardly raise it, said, soon and very soon, he's going to quit coming to visit me, and I'm going to go visit him. Now, that's the kind of experience that you're going to have to be based upon if you make heaven your home. Can you say amen? You've got to know him. Praise the Lord. If you don't know him, somebody will talk you out of your experience. Remember, Jesus met that woman at the well of Samaria in the fourth chapter of the book of St. John. Amen. Jesus came up, uh, told his disciples, I must needs go through Samaria. And he went and sat down on the well. Oh, can you see it there? Amen. A well sitting on a well. I said a well sitting right on the well right there. And here comes this little woman to draw water out of the well. And Jesus said to her, woman, give me drink. And she said, how is it that you being a Jew ask of me, a Samaritan, to give you a drink, seeing that the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans? But Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's speaking unto you, you would have asked of me, living water oh hallelujah where well, you wouldn't even have to come here and draw 
when Jesus began to speak to her and talk to her, he finally dealt with her sin question. Don't ever think that Jesus will ever bypass sin. Amen. He dealt with her sin question. Someone said, I don't think we ought to mention sin. Well, here, here is the master soul winner. Here's the man that knows how to witness above and beyond anyone in this building or in this world. And the next thing he did, he started dealing with her concerning her life of sin. Oh, that's right. But when he got through dealing with her concerning her life of sin, she got so excited about that living water, she said, Sir, evermore give me this water. And she forgot that she come after natural water and she threw, left her water pot, the Bible says, went back into the city and said, come and see a man that told me all things that I ever did. Now she was such a witness. Here's what I want you to get. Verse 39 of the fourth chapter of St. John, the Bible said many Samaritans believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified he told me all things I ever did that was good but I liked verse 41 said and many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman now we believe not because of thy saying for we have heard him ourselves oh hallelujah we have heard him ourselves and we know that this is indeed the Christ the Savior of the world. You're going to have to know Him for yourself. You're going to have to have that kind of experience. I remember a little girl that we brought in on the Sunday school buses in Kansas City when we were pastoring there. Run two Sunday school buses. Picked up children in uh, different areas of town. Brought in a couple little old girls when we sent the Sunday school bus by after them. They were waiting out it was spitting snow out of the sky. They was waiting on that Sunday school bus barefooted, getting ready to get on the bus. One was about 13, and she got on the bus. They'd never been to church before in their life. They come to God's house, acted like some of the holiness children do sometimes, just run around all, all over the church. They, of course, they never had been there before, you know. So you could kind of expect it, acted like mine do sometimes, just talk when they got ready to talk. And uh, so we began to work with them, and my wife tried to quite an older one down, and boy, she'd never been there before. She drew back like that and said, don't you tell me what to do? But we kept working with those young children. And finally, one Sunday morning, Sunday school teacher come out of her class weeping and crying. Here comes this little girl. She had been crying, but such a glow on her face. Sunday school teacher told me, said, that little girl we've been having trouble with, said, Lord, saved her this morning in the Sunday school class. Really saved her. So we rejoiced and was glad to hear it. And a few weeks later, we kept waiting on that class to come in uh, to the regular service. We were going on with the preliminaries. I was getting ready to preach. That class just kept staying down in the basement of the church. Finally, I told the song leader, I said, sing another song. I went down to see what was going on. I got close to that door. Brother, they was a shouting and a praising God, having a glorious time. 
And I find I pushed the door open and looked in, and that little old girl had both hands up in the air, and God had baptized her with the Holy Ghost and fire. She was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now, nobody ever bothered those children, ever invited them to church until she got saved and received the baptism. And that stirred the devil up. And she had a second her uh, uncle off somewhere. If you're Baptist, the Lord bless you. He happened to be a Baptist preacher. And she, he heard that this little girl had the Holy Ghost and was speaking in tongues. Now, if you're hearing Baptist, we're not going to try to de-Christianize you, but everybody needs a genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues so you'll have power in your life to witness, to work for God and do what you should do, especially live a sanctified life. So he, so he come over to that little girl's house, and he began to talk to her, and told her, said, I'm glad to hear you're saved, but said, I, that uh, what you're calling that Holy Ghost, said, that's not for you. Said, that was for the disciples, that was for the apostles, and the early church, but it's not for you. And finally she said, well, I'll just call Brother Rich and let him come over and talk to you about it. So she called me and told me the problem. Said, my uncle is a Baptist preacher and he's over here telling me the Holy Ghost was not for me. Would you come over and talk to him? So I got in a hurry, you know, and I made it over there. Went in and started talking to this man. He said, now, preacher, we just don't believe in those tongues. Said it was a sign to the early church. But said it was, it's not for this little girl. And I started to say something, but the Lord had a different plan. And this little girl walked right up to her uncle and said to him, said it may not have been for anybody else, but said I've got it. Now what can I do with it? Said I can't give it back. I know I've got it. Let me tell you something. Brother, when you know you've got it, the devil can't talk you out of it if you know you have it. That's the kind of experience I'm preaching, brother. You've got to know that you have that experience. Anybody can run around nowadays and rattle off some kind of gibberish and call it tongues. But what you've got to have is a real baptism where the old man goes all the way under in the spirit and the Holy Ghost comes out and begins to speak and work through your soul. You can know you've got that experience. You can have the kind that nobody can talk you out of. When she got through asking her uncle, what can I do with it? I can't give it back, can I? So I know I've got it. It so confounded that man. He just got up, shook his head, got his stuff together. Oh, thank God for an experience that's so real. That the devil, listen, if the devil can talk you out of your experience, I doubt your experience. You meet somebody down the street, you tell them I'm saved, and they go to talk to you, say, I don't believe you're saved. And before they get through talking to you, you say, well, maybe I wasn't saved after all. Well, the truth of it is, you probably wasn't. Hallelujah. Brother, there's no doubt in my mind that I've been born naturally. 247 pounds up here tonight telling you I've had a natural birth. I've been born in a natural family. 
in the rich family. But oh, there's a fire burning down in my soul that tells me I'm a child of God. And the Bible said the Spirit itself, the fair witness with our spirit, that we are the sons of God. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Glory. Well, I'm sort of feeling like preaching now. I'm talking about a real experience. I think the world's tired of the imitations. Cotton candy. Cotton candy, Christians. Look nice on the outside. A little sweet. But bite into it and you don't have nothing. Amen. We got a lot of Christians like that. Amen. They don't have no real experience. Oh, brother, if I'm reading this Bible right, the Bible said in the fifth chapter of Corinthians, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We hope he can quit smoking and hoping quit drinking. That's not what that book said. Said old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Oh, thank God. I was going to take it easy this first night. I just about I just about preached down when I got here, but I'm beginning to feel something in my soul tonight. What kind of experience have you got? Oh, those boys out on the ship, you're trying to win. Amen. You'll probably be the only Bible some of them will ever read. Amen. You may not be too smart. You may be like Simon, Andrew, and some of those other fellows. Amen. The Bible tells us they knew they were just ignorant and unlearned fishermen, but they took notice of them and they perceived that they had been with Jesus. Whew. Glory to God. In the ninth chapter of the book of St. John's Gospel, I'll hurry and try to close. Brother Roadcap probably don't want me to preach too long here on Sunday night. In the ninth chapter of the book of St. John's Gospel, the Bible said as Jesus, his disciples passed by, they saw a man who had been born blind, blind from his birth. And the disciples said, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Look at the trickery in their question. They knew before he was born he couldn't have sinned unless they believed in reincarnation. That's the question they asked. Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? But Jesus said, neither did this man sin nor his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. For I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Why? Because night cometh when no man can work. And then Jesus does a strange thing. You know what he does? Brother George, you know what he does? He sits on the ground, reaches down and makes clay out of that spit. And he takes that spit and clay, goes over to that blind man, puts it on his eyes. Whew. I wouldn't want that spit and clay on my eyes. But you know, I'd rather have spit and clay on my eyes. And a lot of those stuff these girls are putting on her eyes now. I mean, that old lizard looking green and purple and red. 
Some got pink eyes, blue eyes, green eyes, black eyes, spiderweb eyes, red eyes. Amen. But I'd rather have spit and clay on my eyes, especially if it was Jesus spit. As a matter of fact, if he wants to spit tonight and make a little clay and put on my eyes, after all, that's what my whole body's made out of, anyhow. And the creation, the Bible said, he formed man out of the dust of the ground. So a little bit more clay on the eyes wouldn't hurt. Nor did his eyes. You know what he told him? Come on out here, George. He told him, said, now listen. If you'll go down to that pool called Siloam and wash that spitting clay off, you can receive your sight. I see him taking off down there blind. Maybe somebody hollered at him and said, Hey, that goes old spitting clay. But don't seem to bother him. Somebody else might have said, Hey, that spitting clay is going to ruin your eyes. He turns around and says, I don't have nothing to lose. I can't see anyhow. Listen, sinner, you don't have nothing to lose by trying this. Amen. You're on your way to hell. You're... No, don't run off now. Just stay with me. We're going to make it all the way down to that pool. Amen. Go on down to the pool of Siloam and wash, and you'll receive your sight. The Bible said he made his way down to the pool. There, I don't believe. Hey, he may have just sort of waded off in there. I have a feeling he just went out there and got in deep water. Just started washing off that spit and clay. And you know what happened, George? When he got that spit and clay washed off, a whole new world opened up to him. He began to see the creative beauties of God, the trees, the flowers, the green grass, the things he'd never seen before. The Bible did not say it, but I believe he got a spring in his step when he started back. I believe he had something Amen. to shout about. And the Bible said, and someone come up to him, said, are you the one that's born blind? How'd you receive your sight? You know what he said? He said, well, I met this man called Jesus. And he spit on the ground and made clay out of the spittle, anointed my eyes and told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam. I went and washed and I came seeing. Let me tell you something. Every time the solution that Jesus gives is followed out, it'll always work. No matter how far out it may seem to the natural mind, it'll always work. If Jesus tells you to do something, I didn't say if the flesh did. I said if Jesus that tells you to do something that seems far out to the natural mind, remember the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. And so then they call this blind man's parents. So we want to know something. Is this your son? And if it is, how did he receive his sight? And they said, it's our son, all right. How he received his sight, we don't know. The reason they said that, they already said, the Jews had already said, if anyone confessed Jesus, they'd be thrown out of the synagogue. Isn't it strange what folks will do to stay up in society? Here was a miracle right in their own family, and they're denying the miracle in order to stay up in their position in the church. But here's what I like. The mother and the father one said, He is of age. 
ask him. Don't call my mama nor my daddy to find out about my experience in God. Hallelujah, I'm the one that met Jesus. Let me tell you. Hallelujah, you can sit down if you like. I said, don't call mama. Oh, yes, I've been born twice, you know. First time I was born, my mother told me all about it. But the second time I was born, I went home and told mama all about it. Hallelujah. It makes a difference when Jesus saves you, when you meet the Lord. So, he said, all right. Done told you once, but I'll tell you again. I met this man called Jesus. He spit on the ground, made clay out of the spittle, going in my eyes. Told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And I'd see, and I went and washed it. I see. Then he turns to them, and notice how quick he's got a testimony. He said, will you also be his disciple? Oh, oh, hallelujah. Will you also be his disciple? They said, we're a Moses seed. But as for this man, we don't know where he come from or where he's going. He said, well, hearing is a marvelous thing. Here's a man that's over my eyes. You men are supposed to be the religious leaders of our day, and you don't know where he come from. They said, this man is a sinner. They said, this man is a sinner. He has healed you on the Sabbath. But listen to this man. You talk about a real witness. He said, whether he be a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Let me tell you something. Amen. I don't know how Jesus did it, but when I came to Jesus, he washed my sins away, rolled that heavy burden out of my soul. They threw him out of the synagogue. That's why some folks won't come to holiness church. I said, that's why some, if they really got them an experience, they turn them out. They, they called me one time in Kansas City, called some old Catholic priest by name, said he was preaching in one of our Pentecostal churches, said, oh, Brother Rick, have you heard? Amen, he's received the Holy Ghost. I said, I didn't even hear he got saved. Tell me when he got saved. That's what I want to know. Let me tell you, I'm not saying God can't save a Catholic priest, but if a Catholic priest gets saved, he'll denounce Catholicism. He will give the Virgin Mary honor for being the mother of the blessed Savior of the world, but he will preach the cross. He will preach the blood. Father, all his holy angels, only if you know him and confess him before men. If you deny him, he will deny you. But if you'll confess him, he will confess you. You know, I have a lot of encounters with people who don't know the Lord. And sometimes it'd be easier just to keep quiet. But when the Lord is in your heart, it's hard to not tell others about Jesus. That's why I say, Brother Road Camp, if we could get the church fired up, we could bring the church on to the top. Because when everybody's really fired up, they want to talk about Jesus. They want to sing about Jesus. 
Amen. When I was just a sinner and working in a house of a woman who was a saint, she didn't say nothing to me. But uh, as my brother and I was working in her house, she went around there all day long singing songs about Jesus. Amen. You know why? That was the theme of her heart. Down in her soul. Hallelujah. I was on a plane some time ago going to a preaching engagement. There was a man next to me. He pulled out his briefcase and laid his business papers on it, that little table in front of you there on that plane and started working on his business papers. So I figured, well, if he's got out his business papers, I might well get out my business papers. I reached down under the seat and brought out this old blackback Bible and pulled my little table down and opened it up. He looked over at it. Is that the Bible? I said, that's exactly what it is, sir. That's what it is, the Bible, the Word of God. He looked at it a little bit longer. He said, you're a preacher or something? I said, yeah, I'm a preacher. He said, where are you from? I told him, Norman, Oklahoma. And he said, oh, yeah, they got a good football game out there, or football team out there, don't they? And I said, I don't know. I don't keep up with that stuff. You mean you're from Norman, Oklahoma, and you don't know about OU Sooners? Uh, he knew more about them than I did, and he was from way off somewhere. Boy, begin to tell me about them. They're number one in the nation. I said, well, sir, the contents of this book and its promises keep me so wrapped up. Like you were singing tonight, I don't have time to get involved in this other little stuff. <laughs> I don't have time to get involved in this little stuff. Amen. All that's just little stuff. Amen. When you go reading about streets of gold, amen, folks get excited about somebody carrying a, a pig skin across a gold post. Brother, why don't we get excited about men and women living on forever and ever and ever? Amen. Drinking from the river of life, eating fruit off the tree of life. Amen. Going down through a city, amen, with gates that's made out of pearl streets of gold. Hallelujah. Why can't we get excited about that? Well, we talked a little while. I talked to him a little while about the Lord and witnessed to him. And then something just seemed to tell me time to keep quiet. So I just let him go on with his work. I want my work. When they, they came over, the pilot came on and said, we're making our initial approach to the airport. Looked over at me and said, preacher, I've got some problems in my life. I've got some problems. Would you pray? Would you pray for me? You know, this world's hungry for men and women. Oh, who really know Him? Who can really pray? Amen. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. Just your spirit witnesses for you. That's when you really know Him. May God bless you tonight. How many knows Him now? Let's see your hands. You really know Him? If Jesus had called for you tonight, would you come, piano player, and, and uh, someone come and let's get a song? Amen. Do you know him tonight? Oh, in this revival, I pray that folks will really get acquainted. And then sometimes it does not hurt to renew old acquaintances. I haven't been here to this church in a year. So it's good for me to get better acquainted with everybody. Amen. To renew old acquaintance. Amen. To shake a few hands. I was up there in Verona a little over a year ago. Amen. So it's, it's good. And it may have been a while since you really talked with Jesus. Maybe may have been a while since you really had true contact with Him. Our children, 
We miss them. We've been gone from home since first part of June. We miss our children at home. We call them over the phone once in a while. But that's not like coming in real contact with them. It's one thing to go through a prayer and just talk. But it's another thing to feel Him put His spiritual hand upon you. And you know you've been in contact with Jesus. Oh, tonight, while every head is bowed, Maybe everybody here is a Christian. Oh, I don't know. Jesus, do you know him? Do you know him today? Today, please don't turn him away. No, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, sinner. Slider. Without him, how long I would Is there one you'd raise your hand and say, Preacher man, I don't have the communion and the fellowship with Jesus like I need. Please remember me in prayer. Would you raise that hand quickly? Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. Oh, God. Yes, I see that hand. Yes. Oh, God. Maybe there's someone here. You're not saved tonight. You'd say, Brother Rich, please remember me in prayer. I'm not a Christian. Please pray that I will get saved. I'll meet this Jesus because you'll have to know him before you leave here. Would you raise your hand quickly? Anywhere? Maybe you're in a lukewarm condition. Cold in your soul. Just been a long, long time that you felt the Spirit of the Lord. You just raise your hand and say, Brother Rich, please pray for me. I need to make a new contact with Jesus, the Son of God. Yes, I see that hand. Are there others? Oh, God. Oh, God. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Lord's talking to somebody's heart been too long since you've come in contact with the Son of God. Oh, and you'd like to renew that acquaintance. Those that lifted your hands, don't be ashamed. Come on to the altars right now for prayer. Come on to the altars for prayer. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. 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 God bless her. Bless her. Bless her. Come on. Come on. Oh, do you know him today? Do you know him? Do you know him today? Jesus. It's been too long since you made contact with the Son of God. Oh, I feel like God's going to help some renew their acquaintance with the Lord tonight. Without him. If we can get everybody with an up-to-date experience, we'll have revival in this place. The devil now, let me tell you, the devil don't want us to have it. But he can't stop us if we get enough of the power of God in us. There's others that lifted your hand. You need to come on right now while we're waiting. While we're waiting, come on. Jesus will help you. Do you know him? Oh, God. Today, please. 
Please don't turn him away. Would you stand to your feet, everyone that will? Don't 